0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Once again, it's time to ride the wave. I'm Mark Healy, the managing editor of the Wave newspaper, Rockaway's newspaper, since 1893. And joining us today on the phone is the mayor of New York City, Mr. Bill de Blasio. Mr. Mayor, welcome to the program. Are you with us, Mr. Mayor? Seems we're having a little trouble connecting with the mayor. Uh, I will hold on and see if we can get him. Uh, Let's see. Obviously, the mayor was supposed to come uh, with us today uh, to the wave, and um, we are waiting for him to connect. But uh, scheduling conflicts, the mayor was uh, on the boardwalk visiting Dread Surfer Grill and some of the other businesses along that corridor, that business corridor, and Far Rockaway. And um, unfortunately, because of, you know, because of scheduling conflicts, uh, the mayor at the last minute had to cancel. So while we are disappointed um, uh, with with uh, that situation, and
0: disappointed
1: that it doesn't seem his call is connecting, but um, we'll give him a couple of seconds here to... Uh, to you know, give us a call back, and this is what happens on live radio, folks. Not the first time this has happened, of course. Uh, with us, uh, you know, that's just the the nature of live radio. This kind of thing happens on a regular basis. So uh, we're trying to reconnect uh, with the mayor, and, and you know, um, certainly uh, as I said, disappointed that the mayor was not able to make it. Uh, in person, so hopefully uh, he will connect uh, with us here as we wait uh, for the mayor to call in. Now, uh, there's a lot of issues on the table. Obviously, a lot of people had a lot to say when uh, the mayor's office uh, first tweeted out the information. It's funny, uh, we did not announce um, the mayor's visit until the mayor's office did, so that made it for a little strange type of situation that uh, the mayor would cancel at the last minute, but Certainly, uh, the mayor is a busy man and has a lot to do, uh, and certainly, uh, appears he has a lot to do right now because he's not calling <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously, uh, a lot of people out there when it was announced that he was coming, uh, we were getting phone calls, uh, we have been getting phone calls all day, uh, so it's a little bit of a weird situation for us, um, you know, that, that the mayor's not coming, but by the same token, um... You know, this is an opportunity to, you know, I've listened to everyone all day, people calling in, people sending in emails, ask this question, ask that question, ask about resiliency, ask about, uh, you know, the beach erosion, ask about crime, ask about Beach 116th Street and where it's going and where it needs to be. You know, these are all questions that, um, you know, the, the, the folks in Rockaway really want the answers to. And unfortunately... You know, a lot of what's happening here uh, with the mayor's office is a disconnect. People feel that the mayor's, you know, the mayor's office, the mayor himself, his agencies, uh, all seem to, you know, take the same approach and not listen. So, you know, and and there's the other thing, too, is that when when they do sit down and, and, and the community spends an inordinate amount of time, giving the city uh you know a, a tremendous amount of information about what the needs are and and we know the beach foot up, you know beep, uh, boots on the ground we know what's happening and we try to warn them whether it's the size of the ferry boats whether it's you know the amount of people that are going to be coming uh you know the infrastructure that cannot handle the amount of affordable housing uh that the mayor and City Hall want to bring into Rockaway. Uh, the fact that you know there are thousands and thousands and thousands of beds in uh, rooms uh, in Rockaway that are uh, SRO, Section 8, nursing homes. The fact that people feel as if you know that Rockaway is a dumping ground. And when you know the mayor doesn't set foot in you know, especially in the West End, uh, where people may not like the mayor they may not vote for the mayor but it's still not a situation where the mayor you know you know can't make a an effort to you know can't make an effort to to be here uh we understand that there was thing maybe something happened again that that the mayor hasn't been able to call in but we'll 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 hold the line we have 30 minutes uh, for this segment, we'll just keep talking. You know, uh, if you want to call in and ask me a question, uh, the number is 347-850-1643. six four three three four seven eight five zero one six four three. I'm not getting any messages uh, from uh, the mayor. Uh, we were uh, conversing, uh, not I, but the myself in the mayor's office, you know, uh, talking about you know this 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 appearance that it would have to happen at 3 o'clock, that that was the window uh so um i haven't heard back from them so maybe something's going on maybe the, the mayor doesn't have a uh maybe the mayor doesn't have a connection or whatever but we'll keep talking again if you want to call in it's 347-850-1643 347-850-1643 and again, the many, many issues that Rockaway has to deal with on a daily basis. You know, I, I've said this in, in editorials about, you know, Sisyphus, the Greek, you know, uh, mythology of Sisyphus rolling the rock up the hill, only, only having to have it roll down again uh, in eternity, and that's his punishment. And a lot of people in Rockaway feel the same way. They feel ignored. They feel left out of the conversation. And, and frankly, you know, it's hard to argue with them. I mean, when people were responding today to, you know, the Facebook post that the mayor was coming to the wave, a lot of people were like, why? Who cares? Because it was a situation where, uh, you know, that, that people are not happy with, with Bill de Blasio. uh, And so why should the wave engage him? Well, two reasons. A, I've been working on it for three years to get the mayor here. Uh, we really need the mayor, uh, we need to hear his voice, and not at a photo op. We need to have a, a sit-down with the mayor. You know, if the, and the WAVE being the paper of record in Rockaway, the one paper that actually reports the news, we felt it was important for the mayor to sit down with us. And we felt that, you know, the fact that, you know, the WAVE, just like a lot of businesses in Rockaway, a lot of families in Rockaway, you know, they lost everything. The paper. I wasn't here, so I can't say we, but the paper lost everything when Sandy hit, and it's, it's, you know, it's just disappointing when you get this opportunity, you work for it, I mean, the mayor's office was like, this is going to happen, it's working, uh, again, they announced it this morning, we didn't, so, you know, it, it's, it's, again, it's disappointing uh, that the mayor won't be at the wave uh, I know he's trying to connect. It looks like he's trying to connect, um, but uh, I don't know what the issue is. I don't have any issues here on my end. I mean, the the, the show is broadcasting, so uh, I'm not sure uh, what the issue is. Maybe uh, he's in a bad sell zone or whatever. But, again, the, the, the reason we invited the mayor to the wave uh, is for him to see what a business can do. Now, granted, the wave is – Rockaway's newspaper and and has been Rockaway's newspaper since 1893, but has withstood the storm, and is now back home in our new slash old office. Uh, yes, we don't have our 125-year physical archive. Uh, we lost that in the storm. We lost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in equipment, um, and frankly, we've been working. We had been working upstairs. Um, in a, in a second-floor office in the Wave building, uh, which was pretty tight quarters. <laughs> i got to tell you, on deadline days, you know, that could be a, a pretty uh, crazy place. But we wanted the mayor to see what the Wave has been through, if, if only to show him the microcosm of what Rockaway's been through. And, you know, you know I, I took a, uh, took a walk on the, on the boardwalk today, such a beautiful, beautiful walk. And I walked from the wave on Beach 90th Street and I walked all the way down to one twenty four and I saw it was just absolutely yeah, it's hot, but you know what? Down here in Rockaway, it's beautiful. And we wanted that. we want the mayor. We want the mayor to, you know, to to experience that. We've got a call on the line. Uh you're on riding the wave. Uh how are you today?
0: Bill, how are you?
1: I'm can you hear me okay. What can I, yeah, I can hear you okay.
0: Oh, so is go. this the mayor? It is the mayor.
1: Oh, thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor. We had a little trouble connecting you, but now you're with us. Uh, of course, we're dis- disappointed that you weren't able to be with us today, but we're here. My
0: brain is with you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's my let's pleasure. Let's get down to, to business.
1: Be. Great. Um, one of the things I was talking about while we were waiting to connect is that um, one of the things that we wanted to address today, certainly, is the feeling that Rockaway as a community, uh, the feedback that I get, Mr. Mayor, is that they feel left out of the conversation a lot of times, that, um, that the mayor's office and, and you personally, uh, maybe aren't making the same amount of effort to get here, especially on the West End, um, as much as you've gone to other places. And so my first question is, is that, you know, um, why haven't you been here as much as you could be?
0: Well, look, obviously, number one point is I think actions speak most powerfully. And what we've been trying to do for the Rockways as a whole is things like create greater connection uh, to all the things people need through the ferry service and to protect the communities through things like the the new boardwalk. And that's, whenever I've talked to the residents of the Rockways, that's what they talk about, that those actual specific things that are going to change their lives. It's not just about, Um, feelings which I take very, very seriously and the history which I take very seriously of neglect of the Rockways over decades, but um, people wanting to see real results. I think those are two examples of very powerful results. I've been out uh, to all parts of the peninsula over the years. I look forward to coming out a lot more, but the question really is, is the focus there in terms of the product, in terms of the real things that will affect people's lives? The answer is yes.
1: Well, that's a fair point, um, obviously. And I told you myself personally on the ferry that, you know, I did not believe that you were going to make it happen. And, you know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, deserve credit for it. Uh, you know, certainly uh, the community here was very uh, vociferous in there, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> You know, and, and, and to, <laughs> but you know about you, but you know about I and I and I and I'll say this, you know, for all the criticisms, and, and I and I know you know all the criticisms because you subscribe to the wave, um, you know, for all the criticisms, I we have we we have given you credit, and and I certainly gave you credit for the ferry. I didn't think it was going to happen, but non Mark, I, I appreciate that. that
0: you've been very fair about that.
1: Um, I will say this, I I feel that EDC and Hornblower. As I know, they're trying to fix it, and we have been very patient. We have not, you know, you know, we have been very patient as a newspaper uh, to give hornblower and to give the EDC the time to, you know, get used to what's going on. But we also told them, Mr. Mayor, that this summer would be an explosion of people,
0: yeah. and
1: we, we, you know, we said from the beginning, you're probably going to need bigger boats. You're probably going to need more trips. Now they are making adjustments. But, you know, it, it, it's just one of those situations where Rockaway feels that we give so much information, and then it's ignored. So, and maybe it's a perception, and it's not reality.
0: But, well, I want to speak to that. Um, I think that's how, really how can important you change
1: point? that? How can you change that?
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Look, I, uh, I'll i give you a different example to make the point, and then I'll speak to the specific, you know. I always talk about, um, you know, we did the city ID card, NYC, and the, the lots of experts in the city government looked at it. And they said we were going to have 100,000 people sign up, and literally in just over a year we had a million people sign up. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for people in public service, but I think there's always a bit of a problem with, uh, you know, bureaucracies and agencies trying to really listen to what people are telling them about what's going to happen. This is kind of an age-old problem. I think it goes back to, like, Roman times, but... It does not make me happy when we project something that turns out to be something different. And I agree with you. Uh, The fact is that the ferry service was so outstanding um, in terms of the quality that was being presented and the availability, it was clearly going to be a very big deal for residents of the peninsula, but also for a lot of people who wanted to come out and experience it, particularly on the weekends. So I think there was the kind of classic... Um, not thinking about the full potential impact. And I think there's always a bit of a reticence when it comes to cost, because obviously you're talking about bigger boats or more runs that cost more money. So there's, to be fair to the folks in the government agencies, I think sometimes they are careful not to build something that's too costly in the first instance and see how it goes. Now that we know this thing is you know, going wild, I mean, it's amazing, the ridership. We are, you're right. Moving quickly to bring in uh, lots of short-term relief and additional vessels, but we've immediately moved to upgrade the ones that are coming in that we've ordered. They're going to be bigger vessels than we originally planned. So it is frustrating. I don't, anyone who says, "Hey, it couldn't have been couldn't have been done a different way," the answer is yes. Uh, and it will also, we've learned a lesson for the future of all we're going to do on the ferry expansion. That uh, believes this thing's going to be a lot more popular than people originally projected.
1: Again, we're talking with Mayor Bill De Blasio here on Riding the Wave, um, Mr. Mayor. Um, you bring up the boardwalk, and rightfully so. And you know, it took a long time to get done. But as I, I was telling the folks while we were waiting, that um, you know, I took a walk on the boardwalk uh, after I found out that you weren't going to be able to make it today. And you know, I, I walked from you know uh, 90th Street here all the way to 124th and back, and. You know, I, as I'm as I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, I really wish that you were there with me taking the walk and seeing how beautiful, you know, the West End is. But also seeing, you know, the trouble spots, you know, the places that really need addressing, like Beach 116th Street. As much as, I mean, there's been some amazing uh, people that have invested their life savings and, you know, to run their businesses on Beach 116th Street. And, you know, they're fighting, uh, you know, a tough battle. And, what, what, what I think what people have told me, Mr. Mayor, that if you know the city seems to be able to kind of elbow their way in when they want for certain things, and that you know Beach One Sixteenth Street is you know it's supposed to be the main business corridor for you know for Rockaway Beach, and they seem to have so many obstacles to kind of really make that the kind of business quarter it deserves to be. So is there, you know, people ask me, please tell the mayor that we need help down here. Please tell the mayor that we really want the city to get involved and to help us. So what do you say to that, Mr. Mayor?
0: I, look, I think we've only just begun in terms of what we're doing uh, with and for the Rockways. I and mean, I, just, I just feel that very uh, basically, you know, again, uh, I never, Mark, I never am surprised by skepticism, because I think the history is that government has earned the people's skepticism in general, because there's been too many instances where, across the board, across the years, where bureaucracies didn't serve people well enough, didn't listen, didn't give people their money's worth, whatever it may be. But specifically in terms of the peninsula, I mean, obviously there's been decades of uh, examples where government ignored the needs of the people, didn't invest, whatever it may be. I think it's not going to surprise me if even the last day I'm on this job, whatever day that is, if people are still saying, we haven't seen what we're looking for. But what I hope they can at least say is we saw something start to change in a real tangible way. And you're right, the boardwalk took longer than anyone would have liked, but the final product is, I think, pretty amazing. And it does two things, as you know. It's both for the enjoyment of Everyone in uh, the peninsula, everyone visits, but also it's now uh, been turned into a resiliency factor in favor of protecting the homes and the businesses of the community. And then the ferry uh, service, you know, I've said, that's permanent. that's not going anywhere. And it's fantastic quality, which I think is really important. I believe a lot of people who I've talked to really recognize that. It's not like this is not a second-rate service. This is very high-quality service with a lot of amenities. I hope that's the beginning of showing people that we're for real. Uh, we're making a lot of economic development investments. Uh, obviously, the educational investments have just begun with things like pre-K. You're going to see it uh, over time with three-year-olds as well. That's going to help the communities a lot. Uh, you know, there's a lot in motion already that's coming. But I want to do more on economic development because we've got to create a stronger economy, including, the, if you will, the tourist economy that's increasingly coming in and helping that benefit local residents so if you say 116th street we need more i'm happy to hear what that list is that people want to see and i'm happy to roll up my sleeves and get to work on it
1: okay so all right so i'm going to hold you to that and i think you know that so you heard it here first he's going to roll up his sleeves and get to it folks okay now um you bring up economic development you bring up you know what i think you know also means jobs so now you know rockaway has the highest unemployment um, of any part of queens, I believe it 's i, I don 't know the number off the top of my head, but I know it 's the highest in queens, and yet um, you know we 're talking about affordable housing and we you know we support the idea of affordable housing we support the idea of um, making it affordable for people to live in Rockaway, and we want people to come to rockaway unfortunately we 're not seeing you know the job growth we 're not seeing um, you know the, the 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 efforts of people to Uh, come to Rockaway and, you know, and, and and to invest not just in the entertainment slash restaurants slash, you know, it's a funky, cool place to go surf, but, but on the business side. So um, it's, it's confusing to me sometimes when there's this uh, willingness to place uh, even more you know, section eight housing or SRO hotels or, or shelters. And then there's been more than one effort by uh, the department of homeless services uh, to kind of, you know, put another shelter uh, in in Rockaway. And, and when people say do your share, I think Rockaway has done its share. So I guess what we're saying is I know your plan is to build 90 more shelters and that's how you want to battle homelessness, but people in Rockaway feel like they're being picked on unfairly as far as the siding of these of these uh, uh, siding of these shelters. Now, what what do you say to that?
0: I don't agree, and I'll I'll give you real reasons why. But let me let me back into this on the economic development point. I think you're right. We're not just talking about the the beach economy or the tourism economy. I think that's an area where there is a lot more in the way of business opportunity and job growth potential. But and we want a stronger economy than that. We want it much more um, full. You know, we want it wants to be a, a year-round reality. So you know that one example, and it's just the beginning, is what we're talking about with the plan for downtown Far Rockle, right now, we've already announced a $91 million city investment, and a lot more will come in as a result of a rezoning. And we want to keep doing that all over. You know, continue to find every way to develop the economy. So. Excuse me. I want to make clear the pattern of investment, and I think it's about righting the wrongs of the past across the board. I think the whole peninsula is ignored too often. But if you say, okay, let's just let's just focus on the dollars coming in, uh, the structural changes being made. If you're doing rezonings, economic development funding, all these pieces add up to changing the overall reality. Now, when it comes to homelessness, look, I strongly argue that I'm not going to minimize the problem. We've got a big problem with homelessness in the city, and and the first imperative, of course, is to make sure people are not on the streets. That's the worst of all outcomes for the people involved and for the surrounding community. That's where our HomeStat program is very, very intensive to identify anyone living on the streets, get them in, keep them in. But then we have the question of the shelters. And on the shelters, the point, the reason I made that proposal, was to say we need to get out of the things that's not fair to anyone, the cluster buildings in different parts of the city. are really inappropriate housing. They're they're low-quality housing. shouldn't be paying taxpayer money. People shouldn't be living that way. The the hotels we're paying for by the day, that's horrible for the taxpayer. It's not the right environment uh, for uh, families to be in. We want to come up with, you know, the kinds of facilities that actually make sense, but then the other piece of the plan, Mark, is to say, okay, let's just go by the numbers. Let's let's not let's put let's put feelings aside, history aside. Let's go by the numbers. Look at every community board. How many people from that community board are homeless? Let's make sure there's enough capacity in that community board or at least nearby uh, to handle the folks who come from the community Why? because. If they have kids and more and more homeless folks in shelter are families. In fact, they're working families. That's the sad reality of the cost of living in the city. If it's a family of kids, we want them to keep going to the same school. If it's someone who goes to a local church, we want them to stay in touch with their church because that's part of how they get back on their feet. We want them close to their own family. We don't want what we've seen over the years. Someone goes into shelter and then they're moved like two boroughs away where they have no connection, no support system. So right now, if you look at uh, if you look at the reality of the community, there's actually more homeless people from the peninsula than there are uh, beds for homeless people there. So we're trying to create that balance while simultaneously getting out of the clusters, getting out of the hotels. So you're going to see us shut down facilities all over the city, but at the same time create more modern ones in proportion to where people come from who end up in shelter.
1: Let me just draw you a picture because I think that you know, sometimes you know, when people say they, we don't want shelters or we don't want this, I, I think as far as a neighborhood solution, what you're describing, if that's indeed what's going to happen or what has happened, I think that Rockaway is the kind of place, I mean, Sandy proved that people around here will take care of their own. Uh, this, this is an incredibly resilient, I just told you, know, the late Gabe Pressman, uh, I did an interview with him last year. Uh, and he asked me, why do you, you know, you seem so excited when you talk about the people of Rockaway. And I said, because they're, they're amazing. They're resilient. You know, they may not, you know, you may not want to invite them over for dinner all the time, uh, because, <laughs> you know, they might, <laughs> you know, but, but the thing is, I'm not from Rockaway. You know, I came here and I faced a lot of the resentment that maybe you face. You know, people were like, well, how can we have a guy from, who's not from Rockaway as our editor? But I, I grew up here in the summer. My father grew up in the St. John's uh, home for boys. You know, he was homeless. He was abandoned. So I certainly understand the need to take care of people. But what this is why people get upset. Um, and I'm sure you're aware of it is the La Quinta uh, Hotel uh, on Beach 44th Street, when when the community board was first presented with it, Community Board 14 was first presented with it. They said, "No, we don't want it here because if it if it if it comes here, it's going to attract. Uh, you know, the, the, they're never going to be able to say no to the city money to to turn it into homeless uh, a homeless shelter. And basically, I mean, of the of the 98 rooms, I believe the last count that I got was 80 plus were, you know, being rented by the city to to shelter homeless and it wasn't so much what's being what's going on; it's how it happened. It was like they were lied to right to their face, and you know it wasn't the city that did that; it was the developers. But then the city continued to do business with developers that lied to us. So, well, I, I think that I, I,
0: I don't you know what mean I'm saying.
1: That. I think it's just a, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I but my my thing is is that sometimes people get more upset about how something is handled rather than how it is handled.
0: There's no question. That's right. And and. By the way, I mean if we got we gotta make sure we are fixing the problem, and if that means we're working with you know a developer who wasn't uh, honest with the community, it still creates the challenge for us that we've gotta We've got to solve the problem after the fact, even if there's a bad well,
1: taste well, not in, to interject- in Not to interject, Mr. Mayor, with all due respect, that same developer has now been given a hotel in the downtown Far Rockaway <laughs> revitalization plan. So it's hard for, and again, I'm, I, I'm not trying to pick anything apart. I'm just stating facts. The same no, developer that, li- you know, so that's, that's tough. That's tough for the people to stomach.
0: I appreciate it, but I want to, again, I'm getting back to the brass tacks here. The, and we did say when we announced this plan a few months ago that we've changed the whole notification process, uh, that now we're going to give uh, you know meaningful advance notice of uh, any shelter that's being created. We're going to have a community advisory group for each one. We want to get it right. And by the way, here's another crucial point that's a big, big difference. I want to be blunt about this. A lot of things in homelessness over the years were not handled right in this city. This is a crisis that's basically 35 years old in this city. Uh, Encampments were allowed. People were allowed to, like, live in, like, these Hoovervilles, you know, like these
1: little villages
0: that created permanent encampments in different parts of the city. We've ended that. NYPD knows and Sanitation Department knows to not tolerate that anywhere in the city. Um, People, as I said, were moved all over the city in shelter, like no reference point to where they came from or uh, where their support system was their family was a lot of things were done the wrong way and we're trying to you know fix that in a very foundational way and so now we said look we're going to we're going to give people upfront notice we want the community to tell us what the concerns are we want to address them but here's the other big X factor Mark for all those years you know go back to the early 80s till just you know the last 4 years Uh, before the last four years, the NYPD was not involved in the security within shelters, and that created a lot of bad situations that upset communities rightfully and also made the shelters less safe and made people on the street not want to go to them. Uh, To the credit of first Commissioner Bratton, and now Commissioner O'Neill, they took on the mission of supervising now the shelter uh, security, the inside the shelter security. That's now supervised, and everyone is trained by NYPD. Second, because the neighborhood policing, now there's a focus outside any shelter of having uh, NYPD officers who work that area regularly and deal with any quality of life concerns, and it's the same officers coming back over and over again who become very aware of the situation. So the qualitative experience should be very different for people going forward. Also, we're going to get out of those hotels. I mean, that's that's the quintessential element of this plan is get out of hotels. Any shelter space is going to be something that either is run and owned by a nonprofit or is something created by the city itself and run by our own standards. I think the hotels have been very frustrating to people on a a host of levels. So this is not going to happen overnight. I've been very clear it's going to take uh, several years to achieve. But I think the rules of engagement were so broken in the past that it made it almost impossible for neighborhood residents to believe anything could go right with a shelter, and we're trying to show them that we can do it right while ultimately uh, driving down homelessness. But that's, that's going to be a long battle. That's the reality.
1: Well, I, look, I have a thousand other questions to ask you, but I'm going to only ask you once more, and I, I appreciate you giving us the extra time because I know you only had slotted a, a certain amount of time. But, um, you know, we, we could have this conversation for three hours. Um,
0: well, I can tell the, you, got another, I've got another, because of uh, traffic, I've got another at least, uh, I'd say, ten minutes.
1: Okay, good. So fire we'll, away. We'll fill those we'll fill those ten minutes with as much as we can. Um, go for it. you know, here we go. Uh the, the we talked about before um the situation with the, the you know, the resiliency. You talk about climate change a lot. Donovan Richards, Councilman Donovan Richards talks about resiliency. You talk about climate change, and you know, the people in Rockaway are very obviously Uh, and understandably very concerned so there was a couple of protests here just recently about beach erosion about uh you know building berms uh building uh getting groins in here getting jetties in here getting more sand the sand hasn't been replenished you know in, in, in in you know since sandy so and i know that this is a federal issue and i know that it's something that you know that that you know, we we need to yell at, you know, and get Congressman Schumer uh, going, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Senator Schumer on and and Congressman Meeks on. But is there any way that the city can help, you know, the the beach, especially over here uh, in the 80s and the 90s, the beach is halfway gone. So people are very concerned about beach erosion. Is there anything that the city can do to address those concerns?
0: Look, I – Obviously, we always believe there's something we can do. The question is really, you know, the honest question of degree, what we can do versus what we want to do, which would involve federal support or state support, mainly federal, as you know. Um, we got to keep pushing for that. And I think there's actually, I'm, I'm a little hopeful because I think the whole country is waking up to the fact that um, climate change, is endangering our coastal areas, and so much of the country, so many where, so much where people live, so much of the economy is in coastal areas. That we have to change the way we do things. So, I, I have some hope for the future, but the here and now, yeah, we're always looking for what the city can do. Uh, the fact is, you know, we regarded the work with the boardwalk as one of the most essential things uh, to do for the peninsula, and obviously, what the Army Corps has been doing. Uh, Post-Sandy, uh, in terms of the, the sand that's been replaced, is crucial equation. But it's, you know, with erosion and with climate change, you never, you never say, you know, mission accomplished, we're done, we're going home now. It's, it's never-ending work. And so, yes, the city's going to look for every way to keep addressing the issue or to get uh, the federal government to come in or the Army Corps, or whatever it may be. We're not done. The resiliency efforts of the city overall, you know, the big plan that we're constantly working is a $20 billion plan. It will go on for as long as I'm here and for a lot longer than that. Uh, So we're looking at everything that needs to be done. I I certainly want to, you know, keep a close eye on those areas that have lost a lot of the sand because that worries me a lot too. Um, So I'll be able to come back, you know, as we go forward this year with some specifics on what we're going to do next. And I welcome you holding me to that. Uh but the point is I just want to emphasize to all your listeners and your readers is just this is this is a mission that never ends and we have no assumption it never ends. We always have to step up and we'd like we'd like to see and everyone we need everyone's help to get the federal government to do cause all they could do because it really is their responsibility and it's the, they're the ones with the massive resources. But that doesn't mean the city can turn away from what we have to do anything and everything we can do too.
1: One last question. Mr Mayor. The the question is is that um how can you in your office and your agencies, what can they do to improve communication with our community? Because I think that, that really, uh, ultimately, you know, I, I, when I have an editorial meeting, I always tell my, my reporters, you know, if you don't communicate with me, if you don't communicate with your sources, if you don't communicate with the people in the community, you're just not doing your job. And recently we had a uh, situation with, uh, you know, the Parks Department where we were trying to explain to them that, that there's a there's a you know there was a pollution problem there's a litter problem there's a you know there's there's all these different problems and instead of engaging with us and communicating with us we were getting bible quotes and you know and snarky comments so i think that um you know how can rock away, how can how can there, this 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 it really seems like a disconnect to me how can the disconnect be made you know, how can we open up the communication lines between the community board, between, uh, you know, the elected officials with your agencies and your office? How can we do, what, what can we do, what can you do personally to improve that?
0: Well, I want to, and I'll tell you, you know, we, we've we had um, this whole week a focus on Queens. And as you know, the whole government, you know, literally all the deputy mayors and commissioners, everyone came out to Queens working out of Borough Hall and fanned out all over the borough uh, to work on different issues. And the borough president, Linda Katz, said uh, that uh, what she saw, not just this weak, in general, is when she has asked uh, agencies to respond to something, that they've had a consistent pattern of responsiveness. And I want to be clear, that's not always agreement, right? I mean, if you think about it with any community board, uh... there's going to be differences between any community board and any administration but i think your point is very well taken you know there's got to be a dialogue and there's got to be a response you don't always have to love the response but what really bugs all of us is when we don't get a response so my message has been and again i think we've led uh, i've led this administration led by example here this is a really important part of new york city that's been neglected for a long time and we have a very optimistic view of i have i have great hope for what's going to happen on the peninsula going forward and uh I think you know I have I've watched over years and I've seen a lot of stuff that moves me and impresses me. So again, I don't, I'm not trying to take away from the critique or the fact there's still a communication gap, but I will say uh you know I remember the days right after Sandy and you look from that day you know, well walking the streets of the communities, the Rockaways and seeing the destruction, seeing you know fire still going in some of the commercial areas, the whole thing. Um the, the resiliency of the people and the amazing efforts that they have undertaken themselves, but also uh, the role the public sector has played, it's kind of amazing uh, how much has been achieved. And, and there really was, you know, the phrase to come back better, come back stronger really has happened in a number of ways. And the fact that there's now an investment pattern, and I keep going back to that, but this is this is the beginning. I, I've never said to you, Mark, you know, hey, here's your ferry, bye, you know, have a nice life. No, I've said the ferry is a beginning of trying to create a, a whole better reality. Uh, the, the same with the economic development efforts. It, it's a beginning of trying to spark something much bigger. And so my point to you would be, that my message to all of my deputy mayors, to all my commissioners, is I care a lot about this part of the city. I think the I think the Rockways have gotten a raw deal historically. I think it's our job to try and uh, turn the tables here and even up the score here. I think we've shown that it actually can happen, but it needs to happen a lot more and a lot better. Uh, I've made it a point uh, to come out uh, over the last three and a half years. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, and I want to come see you. I'm going to owe you a makeup visit. Uh, so you can oh, put I'm going to bug you. I'm going to bug you there. like
1: nobody's business, Mr. Mayor. Uh,
0: it will be my joy, <laughs> and I want to see some of those sites that you were talking about today along the boardwalk that you want to show me. I'd be happy to do that. Um,
1: no, I, the... I, I think we really need to do that, and I really appreciate your time, Mr. Mayor, and uh, thanks for the extra time. And uh, we'll be in touch. Don't worry, you'll you'll hear from me. You'll be hearing from me on a regular basis, Mr. Mayor.
0: You uh, you you're, you have a strong voice. <laughs> so, Thank you, sir. Listen, uh, thanks for this time. I've enjoyed it.
1: All right, take care. And that is take care. New York City Mayor. Uh, Bill de Blasio, who uh, joined us today, and again, I told you, I I, I was disappointed that he didn't come, uh, that he didn't come, uh, I was getting a little nervous there when he hadn't called in yet, I just wanted to know if we were going to get a chance to talk to him, and we didn't look, we didn't ask all the questions you wanted us to ask, um, but, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep asking those questions. Uh, we're going to keep asking those questions, not only of the mayor, but of the EDC, and of the you know uh dhs and all the different city agencies that let's be honest uh some of the agencies are very good at communicating and some of them are terrible and what the mayor said there and i i you know i didn't have enough time to really follow up on it but i will follow up you know with him is that you know he said that his administration you know leads by example and i think sometimes you know for good and for bad Because of the communication, I I think that's a major problem. I think that for all of the things that we discussed, and we didn't even get to build it back, um, but we're going to follow up with uh, the build it back folks. Uh, I have an ongoing uh, investigation with that. So certainly, um, you know, we have a lot to get to. This is just the beginning, as he said, but we're certainly going to hold uh, the mayor, his department, excuse me, his administration and his agencies accountable because that's what we do. That's what the wave does. Uh, this has been riding the wave. Folks, have a great weekend. Uh, certainly take care of yourself. Come out to Rockaway. Take care of the beach. You know, take what you bring. And have a great weekend, and uh, thanks for listening. For those who are listening live, obviously you got cut off because the stream cuts off after 30 minutes. But you can download the whole episode, the whole podcast, in its entirety in a few minutes. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Riding the Wave. I'm Mark Healy. Have a great weekend. Bye.